I found myself reflecting on this last year today, a year and two weeks ago, as odd as it sounds, our state was shut down and things are thankfully starting to open up. But during that time, we've learned a lot, I think, as, as a nation, as a state, as individuals. I think we've uh, learned quite a bit. We probably, if anyone that's watched the news probably knows more about viruses now than they did a year and two weeks ago. And the greatest learning, perhaps, is what is really essential. We know there are certain things that are essential. We were joking about toilet paper, how essential that was a year ago and how it was literally flying off the shelves, it seemed. They couldn't keep it in. But even more important, of course, and though I hate the term because if it is work that God has called us to do, every worker is essential, but especially those in the service fields, our nurses, our doctors, those who uh, work in our care centers with our elderly, especially those that are vulnerable, those that work in the, uh, our grocery stores, helping stock the shelves or keep the necessary items that we need to continue to live there. We've also found that there are certain things that weren't quite as essential as we thought they were. Sports stars, actors, actresses, for example. And I think there's something telling about that. That so often we overlook those in the service professions. We overlook them in, in something like this pandemic that helps us to uh, get our priorities straight, to realize that perhaps we need a deeper awareness of things. It's so easy for us to glamorize those and, again, that get paid millions to throw a ball around. And while that's entertaining, we could have that debate of, is it really necessary? But it's the ones that serve, that remind us of our common humanity and our need for humanity. If today were the last day you knew you were going to be on the face of the earth, what would you do different? There would be very few that would say, well, I want to go and play the, the, in the World Series or, or the Super Bowl or, or I, I want to be paid millions of dollars for a brief moment on the screen. Most of us would probably say, I want to serve my family. I want to see my family and spend time with them. What did the Lord want to do, though, before his last day? He, of course, gathered for that last Passover meal, the last supper. And the Synoptic Gospels, as we hear, it's not a Synoptic Gospel, of course, but St. Paul gives us what happens in the Synoptic Gospels at the, that last supper how he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave to them, saying, this is my body, take and eat. And took the cup in a similar way, blessed it, gave to them, saying, take this, all of you, and drink. This is the blood of the new covenant. He gave us a new covenant, a new way of entering into that relationship with God, 
with God, his heavenly Father. But then in John's Gospel, St. John gives us another thing. St. John, perhaps you know this, does not give us the Last Supper narrative. He doesn't give us the giving of the Eucharist. He gives us the Eucharist, of course. He refers to that quite clearly in the sixth chapter of his Gospel with the Bread of Life discourse. Everything that we can say about the Last Supper, we can say about the Bread of Life discourse, that Jesus is talking literally. This literally becomes his body. Literally becomes his blood. And the sacramental presence. But John's Gospel at the Last Supper, he gives them what the Eucharist ought to do for us. That it becomes an impetus to service. Though he was Lord and Master, though he was the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, God made flesh. Though he could have had, as we would hear tomorrow, thousands of angels at his beck and call, he took off his outer garments, tied a towel around his waist, stooped, and washed feet. He became a servant to remind us it's not the rich and the powerful, but those who serve that most fully show us what it means to live the Eucharist out, what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And of course, on that Good Friday, the very next day, he continued to serve with all blood, sweat, and tears with everything, everything that he was, poured out for us. Poured into the Eucharist, poured into his service. Every year, and maybe I'm giving a little uh, inside baseball away or whatever, but every year it's, it's a struggle for those that are tasked with finding those willing to have their feet washed. And I find myself reflecting on that, that very uh, nature of, of things. Every parish is the same. Uh, just as kind of aside, it is April Fool's. Uh, but uh, a few years ago, I asked in a pr- particular parish, there was a gentleman I wanted to, uh, to honor with having his feet washed. And he said, go ahead, Father, you can wash both of them. I said, great. He said, well, I'm not going to use them that night. He was an amputee. <laughs> We're hesitant to let somebody stoop and wash our feet. You're hesitant to, to allow me to do so. And yet, that's what I'm ordained to do. That's what, at the Last Supper, Jesus told the disciples to do, to stoop. If he stoops to wash feet, who are we to not? But there's something intimidating, something fearful. And some people might be because they're ticklish. But I think it's more a spiritual tick- ticklishness. If I just made up a word, I'm sorry. No, I don't want to be served. No, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. To have Father stoop and wash my feet? As ritualistic as it is, those that are getting their feet washed don't get soap and water. Or they get water, but not soap. Why? Why? If service 
has marked our life so. It's so easy for us as Catholics to be so focused on service that we forget sometimes the best service we can do is to be served too. Jesus Christ, of course, comes not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as ransom for the many. But when we serve him, he doesn't say, oh, no, 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 don't do that. No. No, he accepts it. So too should we, when someone serves us. I was preaching to the, the choir with myself here. It's hard to let somebody serve. But this year has taught us how beautiful it is. As we gather this day on this Mass of the Lord's Supper, we call to mind Christ came to serve. And he gives us the model of washing feet, a model that we reenact this evening. And I found myself reflecting, notice what Jesus doesn't do as he stoops and washes the feet of all 12 of the apostles. All 12. That's what I was looking up. I wanted to make sure I was correct. The Judas hadn't left yet. I, was, I knew he hadn't, but I wanted to make sure because it struck me. He washed the feet of Judas, his betrayer. Judas, who had sold him out for 30 pieces of silver that was going to betray him later that night, betrayed him with a kiss. Is there anything more friendly, more intimate than a kiss? And yet, Jesus, knowing, washed even his feet. Jesus washed the feet of Peter, even though Peter objected and right away immediately, oh, not my feet only then, but my head and hands as well. No, your feet are enough. Knowing that just a few hours later, I don't even know the man. What are you talking about? Denied even knowing Jesus. I like to point out, even denied being a Galilean himself, lest he be associated with Jesus. I wash the feet of the other ten, nine of whom we presume ran away, hid. Only John stood at the foot of the cross. And yet, he washed the feet of all twelve. He didn't look at them and say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to serve you. Sometimes, don't we do that? To follow Christ means to serve and to be served. And that we don't pay attention when we're serving who we're serving. There's an old saying, we serve not because they're Catholic, but, but because we are. And that's true. Because Christ himself didn't hold back. And as we remember tomorrow, he died for the entire world, whether they accept him or not. He died for every human soul that ever had been, was at that moment, that is now, some 2,000 years later, and yet to exist, whether they accepted him or not. 
because that's what his service called him to do. What does our service call us to do? As I already said, this year has taught us so much. It's those that have served so bravely, despite the risks, that have reminded us that life is filled with risk. It's also filled with joy, peace, happiness. But it's by service that we find freedom. It's by service that we find love. And even most importantly, it's by service that we prove that this Eucharist means what we say it does, that it is the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ given to us as a new covenant, given to us to help us have an eternal relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, that after this life, after our service is done, we can be with him for all eternity.